welcome to another amazing episode. I'm excited to have my guest on today, but welcome to another amazing episode of Is That So? Season three, we're focusing on shadow work or facing your shadows, understanding that core principle that's being articulated when Carl Jung says, until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. You see, it's been said time and time again by so many other sages and in religions and in spiritual circles that we don't see things as they are, but as we are. And so these shadow parts, they represent parts of us that are yet to be liberated, that are waiting for us to bring our awareness down there so we can be liberated and reintegrate. And that reintegration process looks like you discovering more of your truth. And the more truth that you discover, remember that truth, truth frees, love heals and truth frees. Ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. So your liberation is dependent on you continuing to understand a deeper truth about who you are. And that requires us to not only deal with spaces that represent who we are, that feel good and are pleasurable. And we know like the first time you picked up a paintbrush and decided to paint, if you're a painter and you fell in love with it, you said, this is true for me. Well, the first time you grabbed a microphone and decided that you really enjoyed singing, you said, this is true for me. Well, the first time you wrote a book or began writing poems or wrote anything in your journal, you said, I love writing this, this right here. This is true for me. You see, we've come here, tabula rasa, which means empty slate. We've come here to learn who we are, not only based off of those experiences, those amazing experiences where we learn a deeper truth about who we are but also by understanding who we are by experiences that represent who we are not, spaces that represent who we are not. In your shadows, in that space of shadow, when we suppress and repress these experiences and these parts of us that we don't quite understand, when we do that, it manifests in another way, unconsciously. And it makes sense that it does it, that we can't see how it manifests because we chose not to see. You see, and so in that space of choosing not to see what it is that is your maybe your greatest pain, you've also chosen not to see what it is that could be your greatest key to your liberation, your truth, reintegration, a return to love. And so I'm excited to have my guest on, Rebecca Weirman. She is a psychic shadow worker. This is why I'm so excited. Now, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I have I have no idea. But I mean, I do have an idea because I, I I did I do research on my people, but I have an idea on what psychic shadow work is. But I really have no idea what psychic shadow work is, and so that's what, why I'm so excited because these different forms of exploring our shadows. I'm a psychotherapist, but also I've, I'm trained in hypnotherapy. I'm also trained in different treatment modalities to help people really face these shadows. But there's so many different. Uh, techniques out there. Finding an effective one for you is integral. And so having my my guest on is important. It's it's germane. It's relevant to understanding what we can do to truly be liberated. And so without further ado, I'm going to invite in my guest, Ms. Rebecca Weirman, the psychic shadow worker. There we go. That, that's it. That's it. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to the stage. Welcome to the stage. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being had. That's what I'll say. Thank you for being had. <laughs> so grateful. 
So, yeah, definitely. Welcome to the stage. And, and like I said, you may have heard me say I'm excited to have you on the stage. So, man, there's so many different areas, so many different questions I have for you. But I'll begin with, if you don't mind, can you just tell the people a little bit about yourself? I'm going to step in the background for a moment and you just tell the people about yourself for a second. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Rebecca Weirman. I'm a psychic shadow worker, student of the universe, always learning. Everyone's a teacher. Wait, wait, wait. And, I'm sorry. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Do that, do that over again. I'm sorry. The banner wasn't correct. Wait, do that over. <laughs> you got it, my friend. I'm Rebecca Weirman. I'm a psychic shadow worker, student of the universe, and always on a quest to learn. I started the work that I do after experiencing so much trauma. We all have trauma, big T, little T, you name it. It's there. We all have it. And my trauma became my pain. My pain made me a very miserable person. And with that, there was just one day I woke up, seriously, one day. And I was like, I do not like the person I have become. Everything in my life was in chaos and shambles. I was in pain. I was hurting. I was projecting that pain onto other people. And I had to do something about it. So I remember I ordered my first self-help book. And from there, the rest was history. I knew I had to change my life. I was captivated by the words in the book. I was captivated by the journey that I was going to go on and how my pain truly is my purpose. And what that ultimately led me to is intuitive development. I was enamored with becoming psychic. And what I learned is that we all have these abilities. But so often we dive straight into intuitive development and it's difficult and it's challenging. And what I learned was the more I sat with the discomfort, the more I started to uncover these parts of myself that needed to be healed, that needed to be integrated, that needed needed to be seen and acknowledged, I was able to become more intuitive naturally. It didn't take development. It didn't take having to sit in classes and workshops to open up my psychic channels. It came from having to go into the depths of my unconscious and subconscious mind. And so this consciousness was born. I started helping people acknowledge their shadows, helping people face their shadow by using shadow work tools that aren't typical to shadow work. So often when you're doing shadow work, you're in therapy or you're journaling. And as much as I love journaling, there are also times where I absolutely despise journaling. I do not want to pick up my journal. I do not want to write. And then I started to find these other tools. I loved the tarot. I loved things that were mystical and magical, things that made my inner child feel seen and happy, whimsy, magic, the woo. And so I started noticing that all these tools that I would use had these archetypal patterns, or they would guide me to a brainwave state that was let me jump in here. No, this is yes. Yeah, this is there. Yeah, let me jump in here now. Yeah, you're getting deep into it. So let me jump in here. Yeah. You were talking about the brainwave state. All right. So please elaborate on that. What do you mean you jumped into a brain? And I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here because you but tell me what you mean by it it sent you into a certain brainwave state. Yeah. And what is that brainwave state and how did you get there? Absolutely. So with meditation, with yoga nidra, with breath work. Some of these and the Akashic records, which I use a guided meditation approach into the Akashic records, you enter into the theta brainwave state. 
And the theta brainwave state is a place where deep reprocessing and reprogramming can occur. And you're in this state of neither here nor there, betwixt and between. Your body feels asleep. The mind is awake. And at this level, you're subconsciously receiving information that is ultimately going to shift the way you show up. But you have to be able to take that information out of that regression and bring it into the integration. Are you talking about flow? Are you talking about flow state? It's the flow state, baby. (laughs) Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So the state of brainwave brainwave state, the reason why I definitely want to jump in on this one is because I've had other guests in different platforms talk about moving to the theta brainwave state. And for the outlier tribe out there, I want you to understand that this when you hear a, a term continue to come up, same way you hear meditation, you're probably tired of it if you never really tried it. But um, this theta brainwave state, that is imperative that you understand that. So go to that old Google deity and type in theta brainwave state so you have an understanding so that you don't just know of, but you actually know what people are referring to when they talk about this being a game changer. Yeah, please, please, sister, tell us, tell us more. And also, I want to know about the, of course, the Akashic Records. I, now, I definitely know very little about the Akashic Records. So if, if you wanted to enlighten the, our people about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the Akashic Records, one of my favorite modalities to use within shadow work, it is a place outside of space or time that holds the consciousness of all things that have ever existed, things that presently exist, and things that will exist. But what is time anyway, right? Everything's just happening at once in a moment. It's there. And so traditionally, the Akashic records are opened using prayer. So you say this prayer out loud, you say parts of it silently to yourself, and then you open up the records. You can usually feel the presence of your master's teachers, loved ones, guardians, or guides. However, for me, because I'm a a deep person, when I open the records with prayer, I don't feel much. I feel like I'm still very tuned in to my conscious mind. And so I needed to find a way that the records would work with me. And it happened with meditation, going into a deep, deep meditative state to open the records. So what do you mean by you're a deep person? I heard you say that. I just wanted to highlight that for a second. Yeah. I don't like the surface. I really do not like the surface level things. Casual conversation, small talk. Okay, it's great. It has its time or place, but let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's really start to understand each other and, and learn because everyone's a teacher. Everyone's a mirror. I have something to learn from you. I have something to learn from someone I completely dislike. I have something to learn from the person I love. We have to go deep. When you say everyone, is a mirror. Everyone is a teacher. Is is that what you mean? Well, do you hear that same principle being stated when I, I, I like to say the other is a reflection of oneself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's, oh, the, I don't like this trait in this person that, okay, well, let me clarify because sometimes we'll hear people say, oh, well, if you don't like something in someone, it means it's because you possess that trait. I disagree. I like to think that, yes, number one, that could be true. But number two, it's helping you learn something about your own core values and what you stand for and how you can continue up leveling into your own personal embodiment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I'll say this on a deeper level, though, uh, not not deeper than where you went, right? Right. Exactly. Oh, I love it. 
but I'm saying on a deeper level than what most people talk about it, representing something about you yourself. If you go deep enough, you realize that, again, the other is no more than a reflection of oneself. And so what you're seeing in that space, yes, like my sister stated, you're also seeing, you're feeling your own values, saying that this this is not this is not who I am. This is not part of the who I am. But also you are sensing a misunderstanding. You may be able to face, you may be facing that friction where you misunderstand or fall into the illusion of separateness. And so in that illusion of separateness, we are more prone to be in the sympathetic state of operating, fight or flight. And in the fight or flight state, we are more prone to compare, to criticize others, to compete against other people. And so when you see something exuded in the other that you may not possess, that is not a value of yours, but you have the tendency or feel the need, the urge to judge that person, and that is an that is an unhealthy, that is a not self response. That's not an authentic response to that as well. It is my now, this is not for everyone else. Again, everyone has their path, but for me, it is my personal belief that stumbling blocks are not only there for me to to make sure that I see so that I don't fall over them, but also when I see someone else and there's a stumbling block there, if that bridge is open, if that stumbling block is also there for me to go over there and help remove that so that they don't stumble over that as well. It's not for me to judge, but judge, judgment. We, we're in a society right now where judgment, no matter what you believe in, no matter what space pretty much you're in, except for these really small spaces. But even then, you still have to practice being non-judgmental, radical acceptance. But we're in a space of judgment. Where there is judgment, there cannot be compassion. And judgment and condemnation, it does not liberate. It only further oppresses. So you have to understand what compassion is and begin to embrace that so that you can begin to extend that to the other as well. Milo take, I know we have a lot more that we're going to touch on in here because I, I love, see, synergy. See, when, when there's synergy here, it, it's just, it revs up. And I say that also about the, being a deep person. Mm-hmm. It's been my challenge that I don't mesh with many people. And I believe that that's because, of, for various reasons, but one of those things is that I noticed that people like to be on the surface, surface fish, or maybe a little bit, a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. But the depth, I, I tell people out the gate, I'm a deep fish, mm-hmm. I'm a deep, deep fish. We'll and be I, the bottom feeders. Yeah, there you go. I said, but I tell them I'm a good looking bottom feeder. A hundred percent pretty, pretty hideous looking, you know what I mean? But yeah, that depth. So tell us more about the depths that you had to dive. When you talk about trauma, like what, if you don't mind sharing, what were the shadows for you? Yeah. Wow. So a lot of the shadows that came up for me and the shadows that I had to unearth and really begin to integrate were generational patterns within relationship and partnership. And so the big catalyst that day that I woke up It was me leaving an incredibly toxic relationship that looking back in hindsight was a pattern that was generationally repeated throughout my family lineage. And so it was on me to really wake up and to break that pattern. And so I just started and I didn't really know what I was doing until I got to this point of realizing the actual work that was done and understanding the epigenetics behind 
all of the trauma that I have lived and all the trauma that I have experienced. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us who are unaware, I love the fact that you had epigenetics when I said, oh yeah, she's most certainly kindred. Epigenetics, for those of us who, who may not be familiar with the term, can you expound on exactly what is epigenetics and how did you use it? How did you yeah. find it? So the way I look at epigenetics specifically in relationship to my trauma, because that's what I'm qualified to speak on, right, is in the maternal maternal lineage. So basically the egg that I was born from was in my mother, but that was in my grandmother and I was part of my grandmother. So the trauma that my grandmother experienced is trauma that I experienced because I was already inside of her. So epigenetics, I like to think of is like fractalized consciousness that is scientifically embedded into our human state and lineage. I'm reading this from the CDC. What is epigenetics? I do like to give the the verbatim. Science is important. (laughs) Yeah, science is definitely important. I'm woo-woo, but understand I'm also scientific at the same time. Grounded spirituality. There we go. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. This... I love this. I love this. So what is epigenetics, y'all? According to the CDC Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on the topic of epigenetics, it says gene expression. So your genes play an important role in your health, but so do your behaviors and environments, such as what you eat and how you physically and how physically active you are. And so epigenetics is the study of how your behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work or express themselves. I'm, I'm added the or express yourselves on there. Unlike genetic changes, epigenetic changes are reversible and do not change your DNA sequence, but they can change how your body reads a DNA sequence. And so that's the that's the study of epigenetics. But when you go deeper into this as well, my people, you'll understand that they're looking at even Holocaust victims. And of course, I, I can speak as African-American history and understanding, I mean, African-American and understanding African-American history to a certain extent on a novice level. I can see patterns and how certain events throughout our history then impacted the way that we react with our environment. And so you didn't have to go through it for you to still experience that in your body because gene expression begins to, it influences gene expression, the traumas that your ancestors have experienced. And in the past, we call it in the religious circles, it's been called generational curse. Mm-hmm. So if you if you need that interpretation to understand it in in religious circles, it's been called generational curse. But really, what it is is epigenetics, gene expression, events, our environment influencing the way that our ancestors then express their genes and influences their genes. And when they gave birth, those that expression, that change, that adaptation was passed on to the offspring. This is why you look at it as a therapist. When I have someone who tells me, comes in and says, I suffer from bipolar disorder, I begin to go through the family history. And oftentimes I may see a grandmother, it's usually the grandmother, the grandmother who also suffered from that same thing. For whatever reason, it, it doesn't quite hit the child as hard, but then the grandchild, usually oftentimes I find a correlation between what's manifesting in the mental health space and the grandparent. Okay, nothing that my, my geeky scientific talk, but sister, did, did I hit on it? Did I hit on it? I mean, it, I mean, you it? nailed it. You na- absolutely nailed it. Yeah. And okay. just to continue the scientific talk briefly, 
I mean, you look at like genes and like the pedigrees or what is the word I'm looking for right now, but you have those behaviors and epigenetics. And then it's the same way how different diseases and different traits like eye color are passed down. It's all, it's all a pattern in that way. And so we just have to pay attention to it so we can break the patterns. I mean, you're not going to be able to change genetically change the color of your eyes or if you have freckles or not. But with these behaviors and these patterns, these experiences, you can change the outcome. Mm-hmm. So elaborate, sister, on psychic shadow work. Hey, what is what is shadow work, sister? Yeah. So the way I like to look at shadow work it's all the parts of yourself that you have, or I should say the shadow are all the parts of yourself that you have repressed, rejected, that have embedded into your unconscious and they directly influence your life and how you show up. Mm. Shadow work is unearthing all of that so you can make the unconscious conscious to live your most intuitive, aligned, embodied life. And so traditionally, like I said at the beginning, shadow work is done maybe in a therapeutic setting, maybe you're doing it on your own by journaling. Me, like I said, I kind of have a iffy relationship with journaling. So I need to find the things that work for me. And because I am a woo-woo person, and because as a child, I was really into all things magical, I had to find the right tools. And all the tools that I found were more magically aligned. Tarot, the Akashic Records, meditation, all these different things. And so you use these as tools to help you unearth your shadow. The same way you would go to a therapist and your therapist gives you worksheets or gives you exercises to do. That you ignore. The uh, the worksheets that you ignore, guilty as as charged. (laughs) So many CBT worksheets that would just end up in a pile. And I'm like, eh. Another day. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you're seeking a life coach, nocturnal therapist is the name and mental alchemy is the game. If you want to understand how to transmute, transform, and transcend these challenges and these challenging emotions, find me at the School of Outliers at becomingoutlier.com slash links. Again, that's becomingoutlier.com slash links. Stay lit. And agape. I don't know if that's appropriate or not as a therapist, but I have the the, the way I transition to teletherapy now. I, I find it easier to just get a YouTube video and send it to a person and start expecting to do that. But yeah, homework, those worksheets, that's an important part. But really what the worksheets are designed to do is the same thing that anything else that you would choose is designed to do, which is to get you to look at yourself and dive deeper. That's all it's asking you to do. Look at yourself. Because when we're talking about a problem, even when we're going to friends and my friendships, depending on what level you're on. OK, I'm going to be a little arrogant, maybe arrogant, but I'm going to be a little Rebecca and I being friends. That's 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 a different that's a different scenario, because at this point of our journey, all we're going to do is amplify one another. And we know that truth has to be there at all times in order for that to occur. It has to be an authentic expression. Many other connections. Not so much so. And so many other connections will just affirm the illusion of separateness. Girl, can you believe or boy, can you believe what what dude said to me over here? No, he said that to you, man. I can't believe he said that to you. This that whole dialogue is matrix, matrix talk that that that's illusion. That (laughs) 
and, I, and that's the only way I'm not gonna go deep into that because we have a, we have to get to some deeper things here. But understand that it's about you. Yeah. That is collisions that you're having in your life. It's about you. And if you remove, if you choose to radically accept your experiences, you can't change what you don't accept. And so that radical acceptance, it removes the judgment part that keeps you from looking at your own stuff because you judge you. But absent judgment, you can deal with it more or at least minimize the judgment to the extent that you can look at it and deal with it, you know? Yeah. And if you're judging someone else, you're most likely projecting some sort of low self-worth that you've experienced or some sort of unconscious bias that you've experienced onto someone else. So if you catch yourself judging, pause. What do I think about myself in this moment? How does what I just said about someone else directly relate to me? Hmm. Is that not a shadow work question? That's shadow work, baby. <laughs> yes, because, and, and y'all going to have a link to this, but the free toolkit, I have it. I printed mine out, even though you it's on the webpage. And I know you say on the webpage, who prints things out? I'm one of the few people that still print things out and highlight. I love it. You know? <laughs> love it. So it made me smile when you wrote that down. I was like, yeah, true, true, true. People typically don't print it out. But I'm still one of those old school people. So yeah, Well, you're a therapist. You need your worksheets. Exactly. 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 And it forces me to look at it, too, because we can we can ignore things if we rely on the computer to do things for us. We could ignore certain things because it's not in our perception, our awareness. But when I print something out, now it's in a space. And I don't like, it is not a value of mine to be disorganized. And so when I see something standing out, it forces me to stare at. And I know that it's a universal law that whatever you stare at becomes your reality because perception is reality. And wherever attention goes, energy flows. And so since I knew I wanted to put energy and to be intentional about putting energy towards this toolkit, I printed it out and I put it in front of me. Yes, I explained an entire process to y'all because I wanted y'all to understand that there has to be some intentionality behind what you do. Intentionality reflects relationship. If you're not intentional in responding to a thing, it ain't real to you because you're not looking at it. It's not in your awareness. And whatever we see, we don't see things as they are, but as we are. So you have to be intentional about putting certain things in your awareness that you want to integrate into your life. That's that's mm. my take. No words, just beautifully said. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm looking at this beautiful handout that I printed out, and I will also be online if you check out, sign up for the mailing list and check out the toolkit. But 10 shadow work questions to ask the Akashic Records. And so I see, what are my emotions telling me I need? Why is that a relevant question? Emotions are just feelings. Emotions aren't truth. Hmm. You hmm. experience something. You can let go of tears. And be happy. You can let go of tears and be sad. But what is the actual expression of it? What is it telling you you need? It could be that you just need a tissue. But if you're feeling sad because you're going through a breakup, maybe it's telling you that what you desire, what you crave, what you have been conditioned to believe is that you need partnership to feel whole. When the partnership that you need and that will value you most or will serve you best is the relationship with the self. So you need to be able to look at the information because it's 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 not facts, it's not fiction, it's just information that's coming in and you need to be able to look at it, you need to be able to perceive it, analyze it, understand it so you can level up. It's mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. 
Yes, thank you. I'm coming out. You reminded me to say this, so thank you for that. Also, you can check out my, my Shadow World Guide as well at becomingoutlier.com slash links. But I'm about to release my one of my signature procedures for examining, getting down to the shadows called mm-hmm. shit. It's called learn shit because... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because... because Look, my and this is why I'm so grateful being a therapist. My clients taught me some things. And, and so some of the things they taught me is that they would not pay attention to anything that uh, does not intrigue them if they're in a state, if they're not in that pain state. Most of my clients come to me in a state of crisis. In a state of crisis, you have the motivation to do what's necessary. So give me the worksheets. Give me whatever, whatever will stop this pain. Give it to me and I'll do it right now. But as you progress through therapy and things naturally get better, that's when people become complacent because it doesn't hurt as bad anymore. And so in that space, you become demotivated because we're relying on being motivated, tying motivation to pain instead of tying our emotion, motivation to our values. When you tie your intentions to your mission, you never run out of motivation. And that's a values based decision. So that's another uh, uh, shift that we must make. Yeah. And I completely I completely got off track. Well, what, what was I was I saying before this, sister? We were talking about the emotions teaching you what you Ooh. need. Yeah. So in the therapy practice, emotions, emotions, that information is in learning shit. When I come up with this process, you're going to understand it even deeper. But emotions are our angelic messengers. They're just there letting us know that there's an interpretation that we made. And we're able to receive that. That emotion is letting us know that it's responding to an interpretation that we made. So if it's anger or rage or jealousy and you don't like the emotion that's present with you, Begin to look at your interpretation of the situation because it's not the situation. He or she or they didn't make you mad. No one can make you mad. The only way somebody can push your buttons is if you give them control of first. And so no one made you anything. So it's an interpretation of what they, he, she, or whoever did that then led to this emotional experience. And that emotion is there to bring you into a human experience. We're here to have a full human experience. And so emotions are part of that equation. So when you begin to understand that, then you can go to my sister's guide over here and ask, what are my number one question? 10 shadow work questions to ask the Akashic Records. What are my emotions telling me? Look at what she's honing in on. She's guiding your awareness to what your emotions are telling you. Because that's the key. Ignorance and freedom cannot coexist. And so that truth is the key to your liberation. That's part of it. Am I hitting on sister, please? You absolutely are. And when you're asking these questions in the Akashic Records, what is so empowering about it is like you're working with these ethereal, otherworldly therapists of sorts. Mm. Because what's challenging in doing shadow work, right, is is you're kind of using yourself as your barometer, as your teacher. And that can be, it can be hard for people to look inward. So when you're asking that question in the records, you're asking your master's teachers, loved ones, and they're guiding you. And so it's like, they're the teacher or therapist or whoever that is giving you the permission and challenging you to go deeper. You know what? This is, this is good. Oh, thank you so much. There's so much we can say on here. Oh, okay. Let me just read. Can I, is it okay if I read through a few of the questions? Yeah, of course. These are so, such powerful questions, people. What am I most fearful about? I mean, I swear, if I didn't know what this was, I would think that you're a therapist. Like, honestly, <laughs> this is, these are the questions. A psychotherapist, to be specific. Well, thank I'm you. A psychotherapist. Seriously, this, yes, this, she's hitting on it, y'all. What am I most fearful about? 
That's the second question. I'm going to skip a few because I don't give them everything now. Five. Woo-hoo. What is the overarching theme within these patterns? Mm. In this life, <laughs> we either choose knowledge and understanding, understanding, or we choose pain that is there only to make us aware, to bring our attention there so that we can get more knowledge and understanding so we can be liberated. That's what pain is there. It's not to tell you that you're wrong. It's pain is literally that amazing mechanism there to grab our attention immediately and say, be aware of this. Yes. And so my favorite author, Khalil Gibran, he says, pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. It is the bitter potion by which the doctor within heals your sick. So drink the potion and in peace and tranquility. Okay. So when that, when that, when these patterns are here and that pain is there, what are you looking at? Are you really are you really searching for your truth in that space? Or are you just saying they they're bastard or they ain't this or that? Because I'm gonna tell you right now, they, the they that you're thinking about, that's also part of the illusion of separateness. And what they are is a is a, an energetic being. And what you'll find is that when you exit out one energetic being, they and not resolve that thing is another they that looks completely different with a different name, title and family. They come back in the scene with the same energy, Mm. which then leads you to the conclusion that all of they, whoever they are, ain't worth nothing. They, 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 They garbage, they're horrible and this and that. And it's truly the fact that we're not looking at the truth. And honestly, if you want to understand they, the best way to understand they is to understand you. Mm-hmm. When you understand you, you understand they. And then you can release yourself from that judgment because forgiveness is to relinquish your desire to see the person that has caused you harm punished. Okay, another, uh, just two more. What is the biggest lie I am constantly telling myself? Mm, mm, mm. Sister, why you put this on yet? We're always lying to ourselves. Whether you're hungry, whether you want to get out of bed, it, these little things we're constantly lying to ourselves about. And if we're lying to ourselves about little things, we're living in an illusion and we're probably lying about something much bigger. The synchronicity is stupid. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. The synchronicity. I just got to sit with it, you know, because mm-hmm. this is amazing. This is an experience. I know I'm here to record a podcast, but as I talk to you, having kindred spirits, this it makes it an affirming environment. And um, I'm just filling the space, mm-hmm. um, filling the space. And what you say there oftentimes says the worst lie that we can tell is a lie to ourselves. And we do do so. Every again, single day. Every, every single day. Yeah. But again, until that unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct our lives. And eventually, because it keeps happening, we're going to call it fate. And I love that quote by Jung because so often, especially in more spiritual communities, we are always thinking about our fate. We're going, oh, I need to live my fate. I need to live my fate. And I always tell people, I was like, you do not want to live your fate. You want to live your destiny. So your shadow is going to move you from your fated life into your destiny. We grow up thinking, oh, it's fate that we met. And no, keep me far away from, I don't want fate. I want destiny. I want truth. Fate is shadow. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And finally, number nine, how worthy do I believe I am? And that's a biggie. That right there, that, hit, that, that, that hits home yeah. with myself, just speaking on myself, keeping the light on myself and being vulnerable in this space and being authentic. This has been my greatest struggle, the struggle of self-worth. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And truth is all of ours, but particularly for people I find who end up being teachers of some sort, that self-worth really, that's a big one. The self-acceptance, it's a really big, a big journey, a big experience, a big understanding. It's, it's a lot there that we have to deal with. And I don't know why that is. I, I don't understand that pattern as of yet. I don't understand it as of yet, but it is one. Why did you add this into the shadow work questions to ask the Akashic Records? How worthy do I believe I am? Because we're all worthy. We're worthy of everything we want, everything we desire. And it's one of the biggest, like you said, one of the biggest challenges that people face on a day-to-day basis, whether it's showing up in imposter syndrome, whether it's showing up in relationships, whether it's showing up in your career, it usually relates back to worthiness. So if you do not think you're worthy, you're not going to be able to step into your destiny. Mm. Your worthiness is directly directly tied to how you show up. If you have low self, self-worth, you're going to be in the matrix. You're going to be judging. You're going to be projecting. You're going to be facing these tests and triggers. But if you know that your worth is aligned with your purpose, you're able to transcend and you're able to really stay in your lane and stay focused. Mm. I love sharing the stage with you. I just got uh, so likewise, my friend. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Oh man, it's so good. I, I wish somebody else uh, could be here to interview, and I could just sit here and just listen to your spine because, yeah, see, you, you you feel like home, sister. You feel like mm, home. I feel it. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. This it's so powerful. One of the my last heavy depressive episode I was in happened the last year around January, February, not taking care of myself, working too hard. And a friend's anniversary came up. He completed suicide mm-hmm. some years prior to that. And the the instantaneous inspiration that I received when I finally began to look, okay, I know, Harry, don't waste your pain. What do you need to be aware of here? And so one of the most powerful insights that came out of that period is to seek approval from without is already to acknowledge that one disapproves of themselves from within. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a privilege to receive that message. Sister, thank you so much for being on this, uh, on this, on this set. I want to, I'm not done with you yet, but I know we're moving towards that end. And I want to ask you, I guess, a more surface level question. Okay. It's more mid-level. It's mid-level. I'll give it mid-level. We'll take it. Yeah, mid-level. So what do you mean by psychic shadow workers? So for those of us who are a little... Our xenophobia kicks up naturally whenever we have unfamiliar, unfamiliar concepts or things. And so for those of us who hear psychic and immediately want to begin to throw holy water all over the place... What do you mean by psychic shadow work? What is a psychic? What makes you a psychic shadow worker? So there's layers to this, right? Definitely not surface level at all or mid-level. So number one, we're all psychic. Psychic doesn't mean communicating with the dead. Psychic means living in your own personal authority and trusting your intuition. We are all intuitive beings. You have intuitive abilities. When you unearth your shadow and you integrate your shadow, you are directly tuning in to your own self-awareness and your psychic gifts. You're going to be able to start trusting yourself in a new way, in a way that you have never been able to trust yourself before. That's being psychic. That's being able to make a choice 
follow it without seeking the approval of anyone else. I call myself a psychic shadow worker because I am going to use my psychic abilities to mirror to you what you are ignoring, what you are hiding, what is living in your shadow, because your shadow is your superpower and being psychic is a superpower. So let's move from the shadow into our own innate intuitive abilities. It's so good to have you on your system, seriously. And again, the synergy to be with, with Kindred. This mm-hmm. is why I am so grateful. I thought that the podcast was only, was more or less for the people. And it is for my outlier community and, and beyond our communities. But also I find that I'm connecting with Kindred Spirits through this platform in a way that I've never been able to. And that sheds this 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 false narrative that I'm the only alien on this planet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so thank you for being an affirming space. And thank you for answering my invitation, like accepting my invitation to, to come on the stage. And please, if, if you don't mind, can you tell the people one more time where they can find you at? Yes, you can find me at thisconsciousness.com. Or you can join my free community group, The Scattering. That's thisconsciousness.mn.co. And you'll, if you just go to my website, thisconsciousness.com, you can find it. And I'm throwing out psychic shadow work exercises, giving all this information, information away for free just to help you really begin to honor yourself and live intuitively. Mm-hmm. And please check out the site. Like I said, I've I definitely checked it out. I printed out the, the toolkit. I'm part of the community. And you, you won't regret printing out the toolkit. The only regret that you may have is if you merely sign up and look at it and do nothing else with it. Yeah. So move to stage choose. Just choose a stance. It don't matter what it is. You can wax on, wax off. It doesn't matter. You can be, you can choose. I'm going to be, I'm a master being a circus clown. It does not matter what you choose to master. I want to I want to I want to emphasize this because what you realize is that no matter where you stand at, no matter where you begin, just like the earth, when you dig deep enough, we all reach the same center. I'm not going to tell you what to master as my favorite author states, seek not the path to God, but rather seek to find God on your path. And so I'll not tell you what direction to go. What I'll tell you to do is choose. Choose you and choose what's true to you. And when you hear things that's true for you, move on it. You have enough time. Choose you and be intentional about digging deeper. And let me know. Email me. Pray to download the toolkit and 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 send me emails if you want you downloaded what you thought about it and whatnot. I know it's going to be great reviews, and I know it's going to help you dive deeper. I wouldn't recommend it if if that were not the case. I wouldn't have had it on the stage today if that were not the case. So again. Thank you, sister. I just want to say that again. I want to express my deep gratitude and appreciation for you being here and sharing the stage. Thank you, Harry. I'm so grateful and so grateful for you in so many ways. Thank you. So there it is. My family, outlier tribe, my kindred spirits out there who may not be part of the outlier tribe yet, but I know that you are family. This was a, and this is a life-changing, can be a life-changing episode for you. If you really take it in, remember the mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. And what these, what us, what true authentic guides are seeking to do is to assist you in moving from your head to your heart, 
that's a long, the longest journey any of us will ever take. And also remember that wherever you go, there you are. So you can't run from you. Choose. Choose you and choose today. Choose a stance. Choose a guide. Choose a way. And then just moving out. It don't have to be perfect. You don't worry about choosing the right path. Because as long as you choose, you'll find your way. You just have to choose. Life will meet you halfway. It's a dance. So just choose and enjoy the dance. Again, I'm the Nocturnal Therapist. I appreciate you, Outlier Family. And this has been another insightful and just enlightening episode of season three of Is That So with Rebecca Weirman. So grateful to have met that sister. And hopefully y'all make those connections as well, too. And we join their tribe. It's about community. And lastly, I'll say um, on the note of community, understand that when we all oscillate, water molecules, waves, again, waves, they can be determined based off of the height can be determined based off of how many water molecules are oscillating to the same frequency. I seek, as well as other teachers, seek to raise the frequency of this physical plane so that we have enough water molecules oscillating to the same frequency in this ocean of life that we become a tidal wave, a tidal wave that radically changes this world for the better. We have some major things we have to face. There's war, there's calamities, natural calamities, global warming. It's time for us to choose us. It's time for us to unite. It's time for us to break this illusion of separateness and come together to really solve these issues in return to love. Again, Nocturnal Therapists, y'all stay lit. Stay living in y'all truth. I'm out.